Welcome to New World of Work, a podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce. I'm Rhys Black, Head of Remote at Oyster, a global people operations platform making it easier than ever to build a brilliant team on an international scale. On New World of Work, we'll hear from some of the world's best and brightest people and culture experts on cutting-edge topics that people operations professionals need to hear today, all through a global lens. Join us as we navigate this new world of work together and learn about each other along the way. The remote revolution has sparked a fundamental shift in the way that we view the traditional 40-hour workweek model. One challenge that's proven to be a hot-button issue in the people operations world is the question of whether or not an employee's location should dictate their salary. For example, should an experienced developer living in India be paid the same as an employee with the same level of experience living in North America? According to the location-based compensation model, the answer is no. In addition, with the ability to work remotely, many people have moved to less populated areas to take advantage of a lower cost of living. Should these people have their pay slashed as a result? Or should it stay the same, regardless of where they're living? There's no place like home. Leah Rolag is the head of people at Wildbit. Previously, she held positions at Netlify, IFTTT, and Thumbtack. Most recently, Leah spearheaded Wildbit's move to location-agnostic pay, a strategy that ensures all employees will be compensated based on the quality of their work, not on where they live. In this episode, Leah shares what it's like joining a company who is putting their money where their mouth is and actioning the kind of change that truly puts people first. Leah kicked off this episode by sharing a bit about her career so far, her experiences with Wildbit and its co-founder Natalie, and what she loves about the company's culture. Well, like a few of us, I've been working in tech for a while. This is my fifth tech company in-house, and I'm a bit of a recovering startupper. I tend to gravitate towards companies that have strong engineering cultures, and I like to get in around 25 team members. I've gone all the way up to 600 before, but my favorite spot is the building stage, and that's why I was attracted to Wildbit, because this is their first. I'm their first people person, which is really surprising, having been a 20-year-old company. And I geek out on compensation systems benefits, and I've done comp in almost all of my roles. And you know, last year was hard. And I quit my job during COVID, and I was seriously reconsidering whether or not this is the right role for me, being you know, ahead of people and responsible for so many things. I was talking to a colleague who's a HR consultant, and she was saying, you know, people-first companies just don't exist. In fact, we're like three years away from people-first companies existing. And I was like, well, now that was one year ago, so we're two years, so we're, cl- we're closer. But at the time, I just wanted to be a little bit more optimistic than that. So I had at least one more go in it. So I found, I, I actually hadn't heard of Wildbit before. I found them on the Culture Amps People Geek Slack channel. And when I was interviewing, Natalie pings me and she's like, hey, 
do you want to just chat? I'm like, okay, yeah, let's just chat. So I get on and she had just come back from an exercise and she had her like feet up in the chair and her hair tied up and no makeup on. I was like, who is this real human? I'm loving this. And then we just had a real human conversation. And what I realized was that I really wanted to prove to people like my colleague that people first companies did exist. And then lo and behold, Wildbit was here doing it. You don't have to put profits before people in order to be a profitable business or successful business. And so she's doing it. I wanted to prove it. It was a good match. And actually, my one-year anniversary is coming up next week. Like I said, Wildbit is a people-first company. And what that really means is that you know we believe businesses exist and should exist for the human constituents. So that means like for your team, for your team's community, like the ripple effect, their families and the people that they, you know, interact with on day to day. And then also, of course, for your, you know, customers, we're product agnostic. We have four products right now. I think Postmark right now is the most well-known, but we just recently launched People First Jobs, which is a job board to help candidates find companies that are people first like Wildbit. And what do I love? So I think... It's really just about how much the leadership team and managers and everybody else sees each other as actual human beings with real human lives and real human experiences. For me, that means I don't have to bulletproof my arguments to get things done. And I think that's because, you know, everyone's sort of bought in and the leadership team is collaborative, which is kind of rare. So all those things are what I love about the company culture. We have 36 team members right now, so we're still quite small, and that's intentional. That's something that we try try to preserve. And we don't have an HQ, so we're all remote, and the company has been remote first since they started, which I think we're coming up on our 21st anniversary, so it's a pretty long-standing company. A third of our team are global. We have people in Serbia and the UK and Russia. (laughs) We have a lot of people in all parts of the world. And the rest of us are in the U.S. with the majority of people on the East Coast because my founders live in Philadelphia. As Leah mentioned, Wildbit was an early adopter of a remote working environment. With team members working all over the world from the U.S. to Russia, Wildbit has plenty of experience approaching work through an international lens. Next, Leah shared her perspective on location agnostic pay, why she loves it as a people operations strategy, and why she believes some companies are still reluctant to adopt it internally. What I personally love about location agnostic pay is that it's so simple. It's like you don't have all these formulas, you don't have location factors, you're not trying to proxy cost of living, and that being able to talk about it is really just like where you live does not factor into what you're paid. So you can have multiple people in the same role being paid the same independent of where they live. Oh, well, like, course, there's a little bit more to that, but it's, it's so much easier to explain and understand than a location-based pay structure. So what's interesting about location, you know, agnostic pay and how it relates to company culture or employee morale is that it's a strategy. It's a compensation strategy. And your compensation strategy is just one piece of a bigger picture. Whether you choose location agnostic pay or location-based pay, it's just really important to have a compensation strategy in the first place because, you know, you need something that's consistent and you have to have stuff in place to guard against bias and favoritism. 
And so as it relates to culture and morale, I think the most important thing is like you just do the work, you put your stake in the ground, you be open and honest about it so people can choose for themselves. And I also think like pay, it's not just about pay, right? It's about the intangibles too. At Wildbit, we have strong principles and values. We have a 32-hour work week, truly flexible schedules, deep work. And I can't tell you how much having a manager that cares about you as a human being and that's willing to move mountains for you to help you achieve your career goals, you know, matters. That stuff is just as important, if not more important, uh, is your total package, you know? And, and those are the things that actually should help you define what kind of compensation strategy you should have in the first place. You know, you got to look at what you offer in its whole. You know, I think there are a lot of reasons why companies think location-based pay is justifiable. In fact, you see a lot of companies out there talking about it. Take GitLab, for example, and them having published their compensation calculator in order to make their pay structure more transparent and more understandable. Or Buffer that took it one step further and publishes every single individual's salaries with names on it. I thought, felt like I was like sneaking into somebody's closet. <laughs> and recently, I just read a post by Slight CEO on fair pay that I thought was pretty good. And, you know, Wildbit, we don't think that you should take a stand against location-based pay. And the reason for that is because, you know, in my career, I've learned kind of the hard way that it's not like strategies aren't one size fits all. It's not plug and play. I really, you know, take my approach to be objective and analyze all the different reasoning why you might pick one strategy over no, another. And more importantly, like what's the impact? Those whys and those what fours are so important. You got to figure out like, does it align with your company values? What are you trying to build? Who are you trying to attract or retain? What can you afford? And so What's interesting about this project is in the beginning, I personally wasn't convinced in a location agnostic pay being right for a wild bit. I had so many questions. I ended up talking to a lot of people, including almost every single person on our team. And I think, in fact, I looked at seven different arguments for and against location agnostic pay. And I took that, all that data, plus all my models in order to have a productive conversation with finance and my founder to make a decision. And here we're at, you know, I think with people going remote, um, your remote workers have always just been a canary in the coal mine. And so with people going remote and this canary in the coal mine, we've got people exposing kind of what was already there, which is just a confusion and a lack of clarity around how compensation works. And these companies going out there and saying they're going to cut your pay if you move, really just in the absence of explaining what their compensation strategy is in the first place, like how could you not fill in the blanks and think, goodness, these companies are putting profits before people and having this reaction. I, I do really think it is a matter about like, how the heck do you communicate where you stand and why you chose that? Not like, here's the effect to you. And by the way, pay cuts. Oh my goodness. And when you're growing, I mean, these hyper growth companies, you're growing so fast and you have to prioritize. And oftentimes the people stuff just isn't prioritized. It's not a matter. Sometimes it's like, it's not that they wouldn't do it. It's just that there's this laundry list of things that need to happen. Leo's rationale for companies who may not have adopted a location agnostic pay strategy as of yet makes sense. 
but it goes to show there's a strong need for every company to educate themselves on the available options. Finding a solution that works for your team is crucial. And the best way to do this is to do your research, explore, and of course, communicate. For companies that are struggling to determine how to compensate their employees, Leah suggests a simple solution. Just ask. You know, I think when, when Wildbit started, like a lot of companies, they just asked people what their salary expectations were and figured out if they could afford it. And it was as simple as that. And at the time, you know, when, when they were beginning as a company, I think before Postmark, because of that sort of leaned more towards a location-based pay structure. And over time, you know, people did want more clarity around their compensation. They wanted more clarity around their career pathing. And so Natalie realized like she needs somebody to come in and help her out with that. So she found me, someone who's enjoys digging into the nitty gritty of that. She's like, I have this vision. And like, I have no idea how to execute it. Let's talk. And so what I was able to do is sort of take her vision and pull it down into the tactical and answer all the questions she had because she had a million questions. But really the idea came from her one day just in our one-on-one. She's like, so what's up with the same pay for same work thing? How does it work? I have all these things. I was like, okay, I'll look into it. And I like really looked into it (laughs) and, you know, laid out all the options almost to a point where I think she was like, whoa, that's a lot of options. So why is location agnostic pay about more than just compensation? Leah says it's about helping employees build careers that support their personal goals. She mentions the idea of solving for fulfillment, which is a great way of changing the narrative to focus on people's overall health and happiness rather than just looking after the bottom line. The project itself is, from a vision perspective, the project itself is not just about location-agnostic pay. Location-agnostic pay is one piece of this idea of solving for fulfillment. And fulfillment for us doesn't just mean at Wildbit. It means in somebody's life and what they're trying to achieve. And so we have this vision to have these structures in place that help people achieve their goals. And it's comp structure, clear, honest, transparent. And then I'm also looking at career pathing, career journeys in a way that just doesn't put you in a box. Like with four different products, we really want people to be able to, I don't know, do rotations and tours of duty in a sense and try out different things. And sometimes you have a career ladder and it feels like the only way to move is up through that ladder, not laterally trying out different things. And Wildbat has historically sort of been a kind of company that has like a consulting mindset where you kind of pop in and out and people have a lot of like wide skills. So we're working on career career pathings or career journeys, and then like, how the heck do you tie that to recognizable titles? Oh my goodness. But compensation and this sort of freedom to move locations is just one piece of this whole, like, how do we help our team achieve the things that they want to achieve? It's a big chunk of work. I mean, outside of researching. I mean, I spent, I, I think I spent nine months on this project, maybe a little shorter, which is usual for a comp process. But yeah, nine months. And typically this kind of work is done with your career paths or your career journeys already defined. And by that time, Natalie and I had already decided location agnostic pay. And she was like, we're going to give people raises. Why not do it now instead of later? Like, tell me, she was like, seriously, tell me why I need to wait. 
can't we just be honest with people and can't we just tell them where we're at? Like, it seems like giving people raises is better than like making them wait for one reason or another. And that for me was a bit of a a personal struggle because I, you know, I had heard stories where it's challenging to do it that way. And in fact, it didn't end up being challenging at all. In the end, it ended up going pretty smoothly, Um, but we definitely had it out. And I think that that was the most interesting piece of the way that we implemented it compared to the way that maybe most other companies might implement it. So I still have this piece that I have to tie up loose ends on the other end. I think the reactions was the thing that I was most nervous about and the thing I was probably most guarding against because having rolled out comp strategies before, that's, you know, the stuff on the other end is the hardest part. I do think by talking with everybody before going into making the decision and being very upfront about like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. We're going to consult you. We're going to get all your perspectives helped smooth out. It was, it was one of the smoothest comp rollouts I think I've ever done. And I think that created a lot of buy-in in the beginning. When I talked with the team, you know, I really just learned how much they care about each and every one of each other. It was really important to them that we try to do everything we can to support everyone, especially our global team. So I knew we were already primed in that direction and in fact had all their responses to my arguments to be able to pull it to Natalie so that she can, you know, make an opinion on it. And when we rolled it out, generally the team was just grateful. I personally was moved by stories where we had parents saying, you know, we don't have to say no to our kids as much or seeing people talk about their dream of owning a home being closer than it was before. It's very heartwarming, but like, that's why you do it or like, that's why you should do it, right? The reason why businesses exist is for their human constituents. And so the whole thing should be for, you know, how do we bring, bring everyone along? We've had three people join since we rolled out the structure. And what's amazing about a compensation strategy in general, like just period, is that you can you can and should be upfront about what you pay and why you pay that way before asking people to invest so much time into a process and gosh, getting to the end and then trying to like penny, penny pinch them down. So what we were able to do is, you know, we hired our head of engineering at this time and all of our candidates, we sent them emails saying, hey, this is what we pay. This is why we pay it. We understand that it is what it is. We own it. We own who we are. And we had a lot of positive responses from that where people were like, this is amazing. And we didn't, you know, you didn't have to get to the end where it was this this weird thing and that happened also with a couple engineers that we hired as well being open and honest about compensation is something most companies today could really work on for years money talk has been viewed as a taboo in many cultural settings but it's time we break down the barriers and start a dialogue where everybody feels comfortable speaking up finally leah shared what's coming down the pipeline for her work at wildbit and what she's enjoying most in her role. Well, what's next? Can I can I say that we're about to go into a holiday season? Is it too soon for that? <laughs> well, um, I don't know. It was a it's a good amount of work, and you know, the past eighteen months has been pretty wild ride, especially for people leaders. You know, I kind of just want to say to all the people leaders out there, like, take time off, like, take care of yourself. I'm planning to take some time off. And yeah, the pieces of this project, of course, 
going to try to, in the process of like fleshing out. And then I'm working on a post right now that outlines those arguments and the different responses that I received from the team and the different angles of it. And then I'm looking to do a post on how we actually modeled out what all the different scenarios in order to decide what was affordable. And then also what our goal would be and what the next milestones are in order to get there. I think I am most enjoying the 32-hour work week. We say 32-hour work weeks because we really mean it. It's not just four days with 10 hours, you know, in, in it. We recently did a webinar on the topic and we launched a landing page that includes a bunch of other companies that are embracing the four-day work week because there's a lot of people that are starting to realize that uh, knowledge work is way different than manual work and your brain can only be creative during a you know certain period of time. I think it's like four hours at a time. And the ability to recharge actually creates more creativity and more productivity. So we're really excited to see other companies and I think even countries experimenting with this. Like, didn't I hear Iceland? came out to do that. So we're really excited about that. And, you know, for me, a 32 hour work week plus like deep work, true deep work, like not deep work in the sense of, you know, being distracted all the time. I could not have done this project. I mean, I, I got into the nitty gritty and the nuance of the topic and having a manager that really like thought that that was worth my time is a super big deal to me. So I personally lean heavily into the flexible schedule. I'm not sure I can speak about everybody else, but I will go really hard for a short period of time and then take a good amount of time off. And I like to sort of fluctuate in that way. And, you know, I'll take time off in the middle of the day to go do something. I think when I was interviewing, our head of product was like saying to Natalie, oh, I would never go see a movie in the middle of the day. And she goes, what? Why not? What if you needed to go see a movie in the middle of the day? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Really? She's like, yeah, maybe your brain just needs to stop and like mull it through. I think we have a lot of like processors, like people who process at the company and and being able to lean into that flexible, that flexible work is a really, really big deal for us. Along with the co-founder of Wildbit, Natalie, Leah has created a location-agnostic compensation strategy that I think a lot of other companies could really learn from. As we enter this new world of work, it's important to have these types of conversations and hear perspectives from the companies and the people behind these forward-thinking policies. Here are a few takeaways that really resonated with me from the information Leah shared. First, location-agnostic pay strategies aren't just about how employees are compensated. They're related to the entire culture a company is building and the values that they're standing up for as a whole. Paying all employees equally based on their work and experience, not only their location, helps everybody feel supported and understood. I love what Leah said about solving for fulfillment. Helping people feel satisfied and fulfilled in their careers is the ultimate goal at Wildbit, and any strategies they implement are driving towards this aim. Second, like any other strategy, location-agnostic compensation isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. Before making any hard and fast decisions, all companies should take a look at their values, vision, and the kind of company that they're hoping to create so that they can make an aligned and intentional choice. And lastly, 
Leah mentioned that one of the best aspects of location agnostic pay is that it enables employers to be upfront about payment from the get-go rather than surprising potential candidates later down the line. Everybody appreciates honesty and transparency and a location agnostic pay model helps promote these qualities. Thank you for listening to New World of Work, the podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce through an international lens. We hope this episode served to expand your horizons and open your mind to a new perspective. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that we can reach more listeners. I'm your host, Reese Black. See you next time.